Thanks for joining us on this week's podcast, Your Expert Advantage, a higher level of management consulting. This podcast is produced by the Canadian Association of Management Consultants, CMC Canada. My name is James Grieve, and I'm a certified management consultant based in Kelowna, British Columbia, and a member of CMC Canada. Our aim of this podcast is to provide management consultants with great thought leadership, case studies, and actionable info in a conversational format that you'll be able to take back to the office and implement and share with your friends and colleagues. Part of that will be telling some great stories of those who've earned their certified management consultant designation and show the value of CMC, the profession's only international certification recognized in over 40 countries. Today, we have with us Ashka Work. Ashka Work is the principal of Work Consulting. She's a certified management consultant with CMC Canada, an expert facilitator, and a certified executive coach recognized by the International Coaching Federation. In this podcast, Ashka will introduce us to the concept of coaching, what it is, how it differs from consulting, and how she uses coaching and consulting to serve her clients. Hello, Ashka. Thanks for joining us. Hi, James. Thanks so much for having me as a guest uh, on this podcast. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm a big fan of this podcast um, because I think it's a really great way for our community to come together um, and to showcase really the immense depth and breadth of experience and expertise that the CMC community has. So thanks for having me. This is so great. And I was really looking forward to in preparation for this podcast, because I think there's so much rich information on on this topic here of coaching and consulting and how they dovetail with with one another. So just to get us started here, Ashka, maybe tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are, where you practice, the name of your firm and and the areas of of specialty and, and the type of clients you work with. Sure. So as you said, my name is Ashka Work. I am the principal of Work Consulting. And we're based here in Victoria, British Columbia. Uh, My firm partners with purpose-driven leaders, teams, and organizations to help them pursue exciting opportunities and address pressing challenges. And we do this uh, in a number of ways, by clarifying personal, professional, and organizational direction, by engaging with key stakeholders, and developing leaders and teams, and then supporting the capabilities uh, for, for for those people to execute with confidence. My areas of specialty are strategy formulation and implementation, team and leader development, and executive coaching. Just a little bit about my background. I began my career leading the consulting and association management subsidiary of Stem Cell Technologies in Vancouver. Uh, As executive director, then CEO, I led several international board-governed healthcare associations. That was my real uh, foray into consulting or what I would call consulting life. Uh, And then uh, for the last eight years, I have been the senior consultant, or I was a senior consultant and strategy practice lead with a boutique management consulting firm in Victoria. I launched Work Consulting, my own firm, at the beginning of this year, 2022. So in addition to being a management consultant and an executive coach, I'm now experiencing what it feels like to be an entrepreneur. Very exciting for me. The purpose today is to introduce the concept of coaching, what it is how it differs from consulting, and then how I use it to add value to my consulting practice. If this conversation, James, that you and I have today uh, sparks uh, an insight, piques curiosity, or elicits questions for our listeners, then I will consider that a success. So great, Ashka. Thank you so much. And it's really great to hear about your your background and the depth and richness of it as well, because you can see how it would add value drawing on the experience in coaching and consulting. And one of the questions I have, you know, and congratulations again on starting your own consulting. It's very exciting to to go out on your own and you know, really ignite that entrepreneurial spirit. So I'm sure you're gonna knock it out of the park there. One of the questions I had is that, you know, and then we'll evolve this throughout the podcast here, but is you know, as your practice evolves here and has evolved over time in working with your clients, you know, it's a chicken and egg almost with coaching and, and consulting and how these interplay. So I'm really interested in exploring more about this as we go through. And I think this will come through uh, as we have our conversation here. So I'm going to start, you know, going down this path here saying, what is coaching and how is it different from consulting? Great. That's a great starting question, James. So as a bit of background, I was a management consultant well before I learned about coaching. 
So, you know, if I, I came to coaching um, really uh, by being exposed to it as a part of my own learning and development, uh, I, I experienced it from the perspective of a coachee. So once I, you know, once I went through that experience of being coached, I was absolutely hooked. Um, I truly experienced the power uh, of coaching and the impact that it had on me as a team member, as a leader, as a mom, really in all aspects of my life. I can honestly say that being coached has been a gift. I then pursued my coaching certification after that, that exposure as a coachee. And like the CMC certification process, earning your coaching certification is rigorous. I earned mine through the International Coaching Federation, through which I'm an associate certified coach. I took my training through Erickson Coaching International. And I mentioned those two organizations because you'll hear me refer to those uh, throughout the course of our conversation today. In terms of the difference between coaching uh, and consulting, I'm speaking to an audience of consultants uh, for the most part, I imagine. So I won't belabor what consulting is. We know that as consultants, we are brought in by our clients to address specific and tangible issues or achieve certain goals. We're brought in because of our expertise that we bring to the table, whether it's expertise in a process like strategy or designing efficient processes or advising on change management approaches, or it's our expertise in a particular subject matter like uh, strategic HR or finance or customer experience, or our expertise in a given sector, education, health, IT, what have you. Basically, our clients bring us in to tell them how to do something or to tell them what to do. So consulting, you know, really it is the core of what I do. It's an important role and function that we play with our, with our clients. And I don't think it can be, you know, undervalued. Coaching, though, is quite different from consulting. Uh, the International Coaching Federation defines coaching as partnering with clients in a thought-provoking and creative process that inspires them to maximize their personal and professional potential. The process of coaching often unlocks previously untapped sources of imagination, productivity, and leadership. So you can see, you know, as you consider the pieces of that definition, that woven through that definition are the ideas of partnership, of holding space for reflection for the client, and the idea that the client is in the driver's seat. And those are some really key, um, you know, aspects of, of coaching that you'll hear me talk about uh, as we go through this conversation today. And this is super tongue in cheek, but there's a saying that goes something like, um, a consultant has some great answers for your questions. A coach has some great questions for your answers. So if um, the foundation of consulting is our expertise, the foundation of coaching, among other things, is the idea of powerful questions. And I think that's really great because as a consultant listening to this, I'm not a coach, but I am a consultant and mm -hmm. hearing this, you know, and just processing what you said there, which is, is fabulous, is that this actually would take some of the pressure, if you will, or, you know, it's the preconceived notion off of the consultant coming from the client's perspective, because a lot of time as a, as a consultant, we go in there and we, we want to learn, you know, about the organization, but we kind of do it you know, with the end in mind or what's the outcome for the client in this case. But I think that unleashing that creativity and hearing it from the client's perspective and getting that thought, you know, that provoking that the thought that you mentioned there gets us more in tune with the person and not the problem. So, you know, there's a saying that you, you go hard on the problem, not on the person. And I really see where coaching can develop that because it, A, I would think it allows you to develop a deeper connection and relationship with the client, professional relationship. Mm -hmm. And B, it enables them to, to share more of their experience with you so that you get richness in the outcome of the consulting engagement. Is that a fair comment? Am I, re am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, I think that is fair, James. I think you started off by saying it takes the pressure off. I, I completely agree with that, uh, with that observation in that it lets us take a step back. Like we all know, you know, that we are as cons consultants, experts in whatever domain that we're coming in. Like that is, that's why our clients brought us into the, into the, uh, their organization in the first place. And starting off from a place of 
like really authentic curiosity. And I think consultants have that in spades. It's what makes us good at what we do is that we have a natural curiosity, like elevating that and unleashing that curiosity right from the start of an engagement and carrying that all the way through is so powerful. And, and, and it doesn't mean that we, we don't, we don't, you know, meet our clients' expectations in terms of bringing the advice or the sounding board or the data uh, that, that they're expecting of us. It's just, it's just elevating that curiosity that's within us and the power that that brings. 100%. And, you know, when I, when I look through my consulting career and what I think the, one of the big aha moments for, for me and is to really, as you mentioned, unleash things and the humility and just be humble as a consultant. Not that I was ever not humble in mm. that sense, but just be humble in the approach to, to think, well, don't have all the answers, not here to have all the answers. I'm here to ask good questions, but then to elevate it to the next level is the coaching piece, which enables you to ask even better questions. So I think this is great to, to explore further. And I guess my next question for you is, so I understand what a consulting engagement looks like. And I'm sure many of our listeners who are consultants or who have been consulted or considering hmm. getting consulting services have an idea of what a consulting engagement looks like. And we can talk about that. But today, let's, let's really dig into what a coaching engagement looks like. Yeah, sure. Ha- happy to do that. So just as management consultants, as we have a methodology or approach to our work, you know, some variation of establishing understanding of a potential client's needs and ensuring there's a fit between what we bring to the table and what they're looking for, uh, gathering information, analyzing that information, going through a process of solution finding, then distilling options and making recommendations that all certified coaches too have a methodology. And, you know, Usually, it takes some iteration of you know the following. So, one, determining fit, getting to know a client and ensuring fit, especially in a coaching capacity, because of the nature of that coaching relationship, is absolutely vital. And I, any good certified coach worth their salt will be very transparent about that with the client right up from the beginning. That you know that there's got to be a good fit between the, the client and and the coach. Um, and that really sets the foundation for a trusting relationship moving forward. Two, agreeing on the nature of the relationship. I think there's lots of uh, misconceptions by, uh, by all of us about what coaching is and what it's not. And again, a, a good certified coach worth their salt will take the time up front to talk to their client about what coaching is, how it's different from consulting, how it's different from mentoring, how it's different from uh, therapy even, um, and, and just really clarify the nature of that relationship, the terms, the level of confidentiality, um, uh, the plans that the, the, uh, the coachee has for this engagement and the goals they're trying to achieve. Third, understanding where the client is currently. So, you know, really leaders come to you for coaching and you often, we start that relationship with a baseline measure of where that leader is at through various tools or assessments uh, that many of us will have heard about or, or gone through ourselves, like 360 assessments, preferred operating style assessments, what have you. And then using that as a springboard for, for continuing through uh, and unpacking over the engagement. Four, uh, clarifying the client's goals. So what, is, what does the client see as the purpose? Uh, that they have for investing their time in this coaching, uh, this coaching process and getting very clear on that overarching coaching goal. And then step five, engaging in coaching sessions that really are designed to explore, plan for, and achieve that, those goals that we talked about in step five and unpacking that overarching goal into some bite-sized mini goals, if you will, over the course of a coaching engagement. And then finally, as you're winding down uh, through the coaching engagement, there's this last and very important step of road mapping how the client will ensure the progress that they've made over the coaching engagement will continue to propel themselves forward. So like almost a, a, a development plan for themselves to keep the progress moving and holding themselves accountable. And one of the beautiful things about coaching is that coach, coachees will learn to coach themselves 
over the coach of an uh, over the course of a coaching engagement. So they'll be armed with the tools uh, and the ability to um, to really go through a coaching cycle in their head uh, as they're coming across different things in their in their leadership or or team uh, journey. This is really interesting information, Ashka. I'm 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 really interested in the the process here, which you laid out, which has been fantastic. One of the things right off the hop that you determine you asked is um, determining fit. And if I could just explore that a little bit further, and you know, as we know as consultants, we're not for everybody, uh, whether the skill set or or you know, there could be just industry experience or that type of thing. And there's there's fit, and then sometimes there's better fit. So in I understand how it works for consulting, but can you explain to me what determining fit looks like for a coaching engagement? Like what would be some of the things that would be a good fit between a coach and a coachee or the person who's being coached? If there's, is there any thoughts you have on that or based on your experience, what are some of the things that would help to determine fit? Yeah, that's a great question. And if I were to summarize it, I think, like I would, I would almost be cheeky about it and say, you, you know, you know it when you see it or when you feel it. But if we dig in a little bit more, it's, it's a two-way fit. I think that's important. Um, I think that's important to point out. So it's the fit of the, that the coachee is feeling with their coach. Like that's, that's paramount. Um, is this someone that, from a coachee's perspective, is this someone that I can, um, I, you know, is this coach someone that I can work with? Can I be open and honest and my authentic self? Um, just at a like almost instinctive and in, intuitive level. Second, um, from a coachee's perspective, does this coach have the, you know, have maybe potentially the background or the experience in in the topic area of my coach, what my coaching goal will be? And that like really varies. The importance of the answer to that varies from coachee to coachee. There's going to be coaches that are that really do demand more of that like direct relevance to their coaching goal uh, in terms of picking a coach and others that are looking for something a bit more generative and, you know, someone who's just an expert in the process of coaching uh, versus, you know, a body of work that they've done outside of their coaching that they're expecting their coach to bring into the process. So I think that part varies from, from coachee to coachee. Um, and then from a coach's perspective, I think that those two principles hold equally true, you know, personal intuitive fit. And am I will, you know, am I going to be able to bring my fully authentic self and my and share um, observations and expertise from my work uh, outside of this to to the coaching um, to, to help this coachee. So I think those are a couple of uh, a couple of angles that that come up when when I'm considering fit anyways. And really, ultimately, at the end of it, James, it's, it's all about it's all about the coachee and, and, and what and the coachee's decision. So we will have an initial, um, you know, intro, introductory conversation, every good certified coach will have that introductory conversation to assess fit. And then you leave it with the client to go away, reflect on what they've heard, uh, come back with any questions that they have interview. And again, any good certified coach will also uh, suggest to a potential coachee, go and talk to two or three other people and, and really explore uh, who is that right fit. And they'll know it when they feel it um, because it's a real coaching is a real investment in of time and energy on the part of a leader uh, or a coachee. So um, it, it's, it's good to take that time to find the right person. No, this is fantastic because as you mentioned, right from you know, with the introduction of, of this podcast, you mentioned how integral and pivotal it was for you when you became coached and how that got you hooked uh, on this. And you can see how getting connected on both sides, right? It's a it's it's two-way street. But for the coachee to be connected with a good coach and that fiduciary duty of explore, having the coachee getting you know, revealing information and exploring the, you know, their situation and how that can impact them down the road. It's a really important decision to pick the right coach and also for the coach to say, this is the right fit, not just to take on any and all engagements. And I think as consultants, 
you know, we don't want to be everything to everybody and That's take, right. take the right fits, you know, the right things that suit, right? So this is, you know, learning more about this today, which is fabulous and, and learning that it, it can be such a pivotal uh, decision just as consulting is when people are putting, you know, their businesses in the hands of people to provide them professional and qualified advice. The coach is someone who can provide, you know, this qualified kind of a, a, a launch pad for where they're going forward. And it leads to my next question, which I found really interesting in the points he elevated there was the competency framework. So you, what you're doing is actually not just helping the person in the moment, you're helping them for the long term, which builds competency, which is the essence of change. So, and change being a, a key component of, of the body of knowledge for consultants. And one of the things we have to have in our, in our, um, repertoire and we've you know we've heard great uh you know information on change from dr don marie turner who was on the show mm. before and 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 dr louise harris who was on here as well so this is really great and that that competency framework and change of going through there and developing this so just want to explore this a little bit further on so it's actually would you agree with me that it's a when you deal with a client or a coach that it's an amplifier effect because then they feel they can do it themselves and then they go to their teams and, and, and do that. That's my first part of the question. The second is, do they ever come back for re-coaching so they can then hone their skills a little bit more so they can coach better to their teams as their teams perhaps maybe grow, scale, change? So kind of a loaded question, but I'll turn it over to you to answer that one. Um, so yeah, uh, yes, I absolutely, I definitely agree that, um, that coaches over over the um, you know over the course of a coaching engagement, again with you know with coaches who are keeping this in mind, well the, the coachee will 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 feel the pace and cadence of of a coaching uh, a coaching session. You know when I was first being coached, I would actually I would actually describe it a little bit as partly uh, partly going to the spa and partly a boot camp because you're. If you're again a good certified coach, uh, if you're in a session with a good certified coach, you will be doing a lot of work. They are holding space for you to explore a goal, and uh, and you will be filling that space. So it's a, it's a lot of work. Um, and then as you do it, you know, at, at with each session, you will notice the pace and cadence of the session. I can talk about that in a moment. Uh, and you'll as you come out of a coaching session. And you, you know, of course, go off into your real life because, you know, usually coaching sessions are about a month apart from each other. You'll, you'll find yourself as a leader uh, going through that coaching conversation in your mind uh, and, and be able to, to as, as I said, co- start coaching yourself, which is a real gift. And then when you're, you can, you can also see the domino effect, as you said, of it, of um, once you're realizing as a leader, the value of coaching for yourself you can see how bringing that muscle uh, and that skill set to your team and changing or or enhancing your leadership style to bring in coaching where it makes sense to, and it's not always, you know, it doesn't always make sense to uh, to bring in a coaching approach in every part of your leadership um, of your leadership role. Uh, sometimes, you know, telling is important, and sometimes giving advice is important. But there's a real place, and maybe a potentially underused place uh, in uh, in a leader's toolbox for coaching. Uh, and it's, it's just a bit of a, like a, I think it's like a little bit of a, a, a drop, a stone in the water um, that a coaching session is and the ripple effects it can have on one's leadership and one's like just life in general, as I said at the outset. No, this is, is great. And one thing I want to explore now going forward, you, you said place uh, and sense of place. So, in your engaged step, you know, you, I just want to talk about where the work of coaching uh, takes place. So maybe if you can expand on that and, and maybe walk us through what that looks like, the where this happens. Yeah, sure. So the work, I guess, of coaching happens through those, uh, those coaching sessions. Uh, and coaching sessions, I mean, depends from, from coachee and, and coach, but it, they're usually 60 to 90 minutes uh, in length. You're often meeting with uh, with your with your coach once a month over potentially the period of six to twelve months, depending on what your what your coaching goal is. And um, you know the process that I use in my coaching sessions is based on Erickson Coaching uh, International's solution focused coaching approach, 
And that's a really important, uh, you know, piece around coaching. But in terms of the steps that you or that rhythm that I talked about in a coaching session, you'll always, again, a good certified coach will always start by um, establishing rapport. And you'll feel that like, you know, we're human beings, we need to just ground ourselves in where we are, and what we're about to do for the next 60 to 90 minutes, and a good coach will help set that tone for the coaching session. Then there's this really important part of a coaching session called setting a contract. That sounds pretty dry, but it's ever so important. And it's what distinguishes, I would say, you know, a really great coaching session is getting very clear on the best possible outcome of that 60 to 90 minutes. And sometimes it'll take a coachee potentially half the time. Uh, that he he or she or or they are spending in the coaching session to get really clear on what they're uh, on what they're agreeing to to focus on over the course uh, of that coaching session. And that's really where it's it's also that's where accountability, both on the part of the coachee and the coach is built in at this setting contract part of uh, the coaching session. Um, So really answering the question we have the next 60 minutes together what might be the best possible outcome and getting very clear on what that is. This, the third part um, of a coaching uh, conversation is often around um, focusing on outcomes. So, you know, what if, if you have an overarching coaching goal, let's break it down into its component pieces, I will, you know, make it something bite-sized that we can talk about and explore over the next 60 to 90 minutes. You know, what is that? Why is that important? How do we know that we, that we, that we will have achieved it? Um, and really just exploring those, those outcomes that we're looking for. And then there'll be, uh, there'll be a part of a coaching conversation around, um, around visioning. So creating an experience for your clients so they can see that if they are achieving whatever that, you know, whatever that we've set out in our contract, how are things different because of that? Um, what does that ideal future in this little mini coaching conversation look and feel like? And the whole purpose of this is to create that experience, is really to gain to to start setting the seeds for the coachee to to gain their own commitment to making this change happen. Because change is really hard for all of us, and there's got to be some big, hairy, audacious why. Um, that we answer for ourselves to make the effort that it will in, undoubtedly take to make that change happen um, actually happen. And then driving, uh, you know, a good certified coach will also drive to action. So what are the action steps coming out of this coaching session? What will you go away and explore? What might get in your way? Who will you, who will you draw upon for support? Um, and, uh, and just getting really clear. And sometimes, you know, it varies from the action might just be, I'm going to go and reflect on this topic or all the way to here's a series of action steps that I'm going to give myself to get done between now and our next coaching session. And then everything in between those two extremes. And then we, uh, you know, start as we, as we wind down or uh, the coaching conversation, there's a piece around um, having the coachee reflect on the time that they just spent uh, in this coaching conversation and how it was a value to them. And again, that's also like around helping them like a bit of a self-appreciation, if you will, of the work that they've just done in this 60 to 90 minutes and what they've come out with that's different than where they were just an hour before. Um, and then, and then, where it makes sense, uh, you know, an appreciation by the coach uh, of the coachee uh, for for that work that they've done, uh, or for the the small change that's happened over the course of the uh, the coaching session. And that's and I've kind of laid out these seven steps as if it's a linear conversation. You know, we're human beings; we're not robots. Um, it doesn't necessarily happen in this straight line fashion. There's lots of looping back and going forward, and then coming back and you know, weaving in different aspects of these seven steps. 
uh, in different ways throughout the coaching conversation. But just like a good consulting engagement with our, you know, our, our uh, core aspects of our methodology as consultants, there will, you will see, uh, if you were to listen to a coaching conversation or observe one, you, uh, you will see um, every one of these taking place uh, once or multiple times over the course of a coaching session. And underpinning, I want to add, underpinning these steps are some really key principles of coaching. And we'll talk about those more later um, in our conversation, but they're around this idea of holding coach position, asking powerful questions, and engaging uh, in, in open listening. So those are some really core principles of coaching uh, that we can talk about later in this conversation, but that, that underpins these, these seven steps that I just talked about. No, this is fabulous. And one thing that it brings me to think of here, and I really like the fact that there's a process here. Of course, there's a process. And, and um, it's outcome-oriented, not output-oriented. And you know, when I'm meeting with my clients or talking to other consultants, the value is in, in the journey, not the report. Right. So I think consulting a lot of the times people just say, Oh, I'm gonna hire a consultant, I'm gonna get a report. Well, with coaching, there's no report per se, I don't think. And it's outcome oriented. In other words, you're gonna leave it better than you found it. Let's let's change gears, uh, not not change gears, but just pick up on what we talked about before and and the essence of this this podcast is how do consulting and coaching work together? How can they work together to deliver meaningful outcomes? So maybe if you could we could just talk about that for a bit is how how these two worlds merge and collide and, and emerge, I guess. So what's, what's your thoughts on how coaching consulting can, uh, can work together? You know, from like my, my personal experience, I found that coaching and consulting can work together beautifully. There's like a couple of caveats. I am not at all suggesting here that cons all consultants become coaches. I am not at all suggesting that we slot in coaching methodology as part of our consulting methodology. I am not at all suggesting that we in any way blur the lines between true coaching and consulting, which I know are two different professions that have two different purposes. What I am proposing is that the principles behind coaching or upon which coaching is built can influence the way that we approach our consulting engagements and, you know, deliver some value in some interesting ways. There's a few ways that I've noticed this in um, or brought this in into, into my consulting practice. One, in coaching, there is this premise of uh, what's called coach position. And this is defined um, as a neutral, detached, non-judgmental perspective from which to explore a situation or a system. Now, you know, a coach in coach position, you are, you're still interested, you are caring, but you're impartial and you release all of your own preferences, judgment, and opinion. And I think there's, there's something in this idea of coach position that has influenced the way that I consult. And um, Erickson Coaching International uh, has a set of principles about that really inform the way that a coach is when they are in coach position. Again, that's really informed the way that I show up at appropriate ways and appropriate places in a consulting engagement. So coach position, what does that mean? What does that look, look like? When you're in coach position, you notice five things. So one, you notice that the client is whole. So as a coach, you're not, we're not here to fix them. They are not broken. They are okay. Two, you notice that the client has the inner resources to be successful. However, they define, uh, they define it. They have the answers. Um, our role is to hold space for the client to explore and reflect and then to challenge with some powerful questions as appropriate. Three, you notice that the client's behaviors have positive intention. Like it just comes, coaching comes from a, a, a mindset of abundance and, and, and growth. So no matter what it looks like on the surface, 
the client's behaviors have positive intention. Four, you notice that the client is making the best possible choices in that moment. And then finally, five, in coach position, you notice that change is natural and that it's happening in each and every moment. So those are some foundational principles of, you know, of coach position and coach position is a foundational piece of coaching. And I think I've, I've really, it's not even that I've done anything active, but I've really reflected on coach position and what it means and how you can bring some of those ideas into the way I show up as a consultant. Right. And you know, what's interesting there is that what I like about this and I, I'm learning so much here is that coaching is so fluid, but there is process and rigor, just as there was rigor getting your certification here in the steps that you have in your mind, but it comes naturally with your experience. But because these, these steps are there, it actually makes it more fluid. So it's kind of this mm. unique, um, you know, uh, I guess it's irony about it is that the more, you know, structure there is in the background and, and knowledge that it becomes more fluid. And then the, the client becomes at ease to, to do this. So I think that's really, really mm. interesting to consider that portion of it there for sure. Yeah. That's interesting that you say that. Like, I think, um, you know, as consultants and as coaches, we're like, we're vessels, but that vessel actually has to be created and it takes intention. It takes methodology. It takes process. Um, it's not just, you know, fly by the seat of your pants. And time and experience and humility. Exactly. Right. So, I mean, that's right. If you just dropped in, you have, you know, you can't relate to people or you haven't been in those situations before and you, you don't have the humility, which I think is so great. You know, you're, you're heading out on your journey with your own firm here too. So that that opens another door where you can coach people who are perhaps maybe a little bit apprehensive about becoming entrepreneurs or how do they leave mm. their practice or how do they transition their practice or their business or that type of thing. Well, you could say, I've been through this without sure. trying to make it about yourself. But then you're hearing things a little bit different. So that's just my observation. I could be wrong there. So I just interested also in in the the powerful questions here, and you referenced this earlier. So, what are some of the powerful questions that you would would you know kind of the, you would ask people if there's such a thing of some methodology on that or some process that you undertake there? Our overarching question here that we're talking about was how do how do how can coaching and consulting work together? So we've talked about this idea of coach position. That's you know there's some lessons that I've learned from that that influence. Um, influence my co- my consulting. So that's one 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 way that I think that they work together. A second is this area, this this uh, this um this idea of powerful questions. And when you consider, you know, what is a powerful question? If we want to like, if you want a little ground rule, they're questions that start with what, when, where, and how. And really, all that means is that they're open questions. They're not closed. They invite discussion rather than yes or no answers. So that's as a simple rule for, for a powerful question. But more importantly, I actually I think is they're asked with curiosity. They are without agenda. They are meant to be in service of the receiver of the question. So that a powerful question at its heart is about really and truly about the other person and not you or your agenda or your judgments or your biases. And then third, they're, they're asked in an encouraging, supportive tone. And then powerful questions encourage reflection. And one thing that we know from neuroscience and coaching is based in neuroscience is that people don't learn from experience. They learn when they reflect on their experience. Wow, that is, that's really interesting. I never thought of it that way. But now when you do think of it, you know, you're not just learning by doing, you learn by thinking about what you did, right? So you have a chance to step away from it. No, very, very interesting on that. Yeah, so this is, this, all these things, you can see how it just really develops into your repertoire and getting the depth out of your, you know, what you're, uh, getting from your consulting engagements that, you know, we're talking about coaching, consulting, um, and, and how they complement one another here. And then how do you weave these, maybe talk a little bit more about how you weave these more into your consulting practice? 
Yeah, absolutely. And one more thing that I want to add in, in terms of a principle from coaching that I've, that I've brought in. So in addition to coach position and asking powerful questions, um, coaching is also, you know, a big premise of coaching is open listening. And that's just, again, building off of the idea of powerful questions. It's truly hearing what the client is saying from a place of genuine curiosity rather than of judgment or of waiting to respond. So that's, you know, coach position, powerful questions, open listening. These are really principles or foundational pieces of coaching that I weave into my consulting practice practice in ways wherever and however it makes sense in service to a client. Um, And it takes shape like in a really practical way in my consulting practice in um, the facilitative approach that I take to my coaching engagement. So, um, you know, facilitation like coaching is focused on the process versus the content. And, you know, in facilitation, content comes from the client. Coaching is one-on-one, but facilitation is, is group-based. And so that's like a really practical way that I think I, we, I weave in and bring together the, the, I guess, lessons learned from coaching into my consulting pro, uh, uh, practice, really to bring in a facilitative approach wherever that, wherever that makes sense. And, you know, that's not to say that, <laughs> that I'm, you can use this you can abdicate any responsibility as a management consultant. Your cli- our clients have brought us in to help us address some of their most pressing challenges or to help them realize some of their most exciting opportunities. It's a really important, they don't just bring us in when things are just humming. They're bringing us in because they need some help. So they are calling on our expertise. They are calling on our past experiences. They're calling on our sector and, and uh, competitive and trends data and information that we know uh, or that we will be looking for over the course of an engagement. So that's, that's absolutely, you know, you can't, you can't abdicate that responsibility, but there are certainly ways where you can, you know, for example, like if I take the example of, our data gathering steps in our consult in our consulting engagements. There's always that step always exists, no matter what shape or form a consulting engagement takes. Bringing that back so often, you know, we'll we'll see where we bring it back, and you do this presentation, and you whatever you state your observations or facts or insights that you have, and then it's and it sits. And where I would say you can bring that facilitative approach, as informed by these coaching principles that I just talked about is just asking some questions right after. So we've just, you know, we've just presented this information. What does, you know, how does that resonate with you? What surprises you? Uh, what's missing? What from your own experience, you know, is either at odds with your own experience or do you have that we need to bring into this process that either is contradictory to or, or aligned with this, you know, this material that we just presented. So really quickly moving to helping your clients make sense of the information that you just presented is just a really simple example of bringing in some of the things that I've talked about. Now that's great. Now that's really interesting in here. Now, you know, obviously throughout your journey here, you've had some really, you know, good lessons learned, right? Of, of becoming a coach and a consultant and how these things come together. And there's no... There's no book on this. And I think that's the benefit that people have listening to this, this podcast is they, they get to hear this from someone who's actually, you know, doing this and been through this. So, you know, there, there's, there's no book on this. So that maybe this podcast is what people would be really looking at, hopefully, but they've been gaining a lot of value from this, which is awesome. So maybe some of the lessons you've learned along the way as a coach and a consultant that you could share with our audience. Sure. I think... I think one lesson I've learned, and I've talked about this through the course of this conversation, is is to balance my expertise with my curiosity as a consultant. So that I really think, as a consultant, there's a there's a time and a place for both expertise and curiosity. And you know, I think we can design approaches in our engagement, in our engagement set that that let us balance that expertise and that curiosity. So that's one one lesson that I've learned. Two is to be comfortable um, in the ambiguity and sometimes the messiness that comes from partnering with our clients to find their right path forward. Um, 
I, I think sometimes that meandering path uh, versus straight path is just what's called for and, and that's okay. As long as the client is in the driver's seat and they're, they're on board with that kind of approach. And then three, I would say that, um, you know, another lesson that I've learned is that people act on the change they help to create. I think the most discouraging thing for me as a consultant is to come back to a client site, you know, whatever weeks, months after and see that things haven't changed. You know, tombs have been written about this, this idea of the execution gap, that gap between creating a great plan for the future and actually implementing that plan. And the main way to bridge that gap that I know of is to bring those people who we were responsible for implementing that change to be a part of designing that change. Um, and I don't think there's a real, there's not a real shortcut to that. So those are, those are three things that I've learned um, over the, yeah, around, around being a coach and a consultant. And I think this is really great introspection and perhaps the, you know, the depth of your introspection is directly related to that. We talked about the start about the coaching you had, so you could look deeper and think deeper into, into these things to come up with these, this, you know, based on your experience that you can come up with these things and say, ah, oh, this is what I really learned. It's a continuous learning experience there. So it just, it's inherent introspection going all the way through. Is that fair? Because you're coaching yourself as you go through the process. Is that a fair comment? Yeah. And I think it's true. Like, I think it's true of all of us as consultants. Like, I think we are, we are drawn to our field because that kind of, you know, curiosity and introspection and, since, you know, finding common threads and lack of common threads, it's what comes naturally to us. So I think, I think we have all, like, I think we see that as a commonality amongst all really great consultants. Awesome. That's so good. And now going from this, you know, from the circle of yourself, you know, ask you what you've lessons and advice you have, you know, lessons learned and advice for yourself. Now, next sphere is what advice would you have for clients that are looking to engage coaching services and consulting services or both? have you know one key one key piece of advice I would give to clients and I would say to them ask tough questions before you decide which consultant is right for you I mean, outside of the foundational questions about experience and qualifications which to me are table stakes as a client consider asking you know how can we use this project whatever this project is that you're bringing your consultant in for how can we use this project to enhance leadership skills uh, in my on my team how can we use this project to build our sense of team? How will you, as a consultant, balance bringing in your expertise with mining the expertise that exists on our team and with our stakeholders? What will you, as a consultant, do to help build capacity and capability in our team to do this work, whatever the work is, without consulting support in the future? And how will you, uh, as a consultant, approach um, how will your approach ensure that we uh, transition seamlessly from planning to implementation? I think, you know, clients, consulting projects offer opportunities for double word scores in your organization. And I encourage you to demand that from your consultants. That's really good advice. You know, hold people accountable, but in a way that, you know, adds benefits, the double word score side of it, right? So they, they get good benefit out of it, out of the consultant's work and then how it can actually benefit them going forward. So I think that's, that's really strong uh, and, and qualified advice. So, which is really great. So now we, we've, we've seen what the advice you've had, you know, learn for yourself and now your clients, our audience is, is the business community at large, our hmm. consultants, consultants, clients, and prospective consultants. So what advice would you have for CMCs, so certified management consultants listening, or people who are consultants that are considering becoming CMCs? What advice on, the, on this topic that we've had today, which has been great, um, what, would, what advice would you have for them on the coaching and consulting um, you know, sphere here? You know, I actually just have one piece of advice, and it's really just to reflect on the things we've only just touched on in this in this conversation um, and ask yourself, like, what what resonated with you? Where are you already weaving these ideas into your consulting practice? Um, and what, if anything, do you want to explore further? So I would just I would leave leave that um, as a reflection for for uh, those listening. And one I'm just going to do a plug here. One piece of advice that I actually have for CMCs and clients alike is to, to explore 
the idea of getting a coach. It is truly a gift uh, for yourself, for your team, uh, and for your organization. The, IC, the ICF, the International, Co- International Coaching Federation website, has a wealth of resources, um, webinars, articles, forums around coaching. Um, uh, so co- that's coachingfederation.org. And, and, and I mentioned them because they are the gold standard in coaching. There's other organizations, but I, I really think they're the gold standard. Um, and then feel free to, to reach out to me if you have any questions. Uh, Ashka Work at workconsulting.ca or DM me on LinkedIn. And as I said at the outset of this conversation, if I've at all uh, helped to spark an insight, pique your curiosity, or elicit any questions, then I hope that it's been some time well spent. No, this has definitely been time well spent. And one thing also, Ashka, that, uh, you know, in, in addition to CMCs listening to this, I'm sure there are coaches that may be listening to this and hopefully are, or that we could share this podcast with that may be interested in becoming CMCs because in a sense, you, your, um, I, the, the word unicorn is overused and I don't know if it's fair here, but you, you're, you, you have a unique combination of skill sets that add value to the client. And perhaps there are coaches out there that are members of the ICF, the International Coaching Federation, that are thinking, you know, maybe a CMC designation would be a nice capstone to my coaching after I've heard this, that I have a place in the consulting world, even though I position myself as a coach. Is that fair? And, and, and would you be willing to have those people reach out to you as well? Oh, yeah, absolutely. 100%. Okay, great. Well, Ashka, this has been fantastic. I really appreciate your time and look forward to having you on the podcast again in the future. And, uh, you know, best of luck with your new practice. I know that it, it'll be very successful and your clients are uh, really privileged to be a part of this and, and as we all are as consultants to have you in our network. So I really appreciate it and, and thanks so much for being here today. Well, thanks for having me, James. Uh, thanks to all of you for listening.